growing up was Robin Hood. Um, so my favorite movie um, is basically if you haven't, if you, what's unique about Disney's version is that it is. A, what is wrong with you? Like <laughs> Robin nowadays. Um, but basically, the I, Prince John starts taxing the people very heavily, and and so the one that steals from the rich and gives to the poor. Disney's The Jungle Book. It's basically the same each one to cut down on cost. And so it's an interesting that movie. One of the greatest um, bad guys because he is his is the snake. That's because if you haven't seen it, you have to see that part. It's just a funny part. Made Marion and King Richard comes back, right? Is that there's this guy that's fighting for the people until all back to an earlier line, but he says to Friar Tuck, very nice. Um, it's just a good family show that's um, um, better. This tendency to go overboard in my in-depth, the spiritual aspects of it. And it's a way when the true king is away, people will will make, and I don't mean many, but many, okay? Okay, I always get, you need a number of 18 verses. And as we're doing this, um, each other. so the first four weeks, really, I hope you saw that he is using Matthew to help us connect the Old Testament, focusing on how God you on through Matthew. But what we, the reason out for all these different things, because just in the pattern, I'm going to show you how even in there, there's actually layered you. I hope you come at the end of this going, Jesus fulfills what God was doing before. And so that's what the passage is and start applying them to our lives because that's on what is the teaching of it. And when we start getting to Jesus' actual, so, but that's what we're doing. All right. So that's where we're at right now. So as right, we're still walking through the Christmas story. And we, last week when we talked, so we're not going to be covering the entire chapter, read the majority of it right now. In the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king? When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked him, and the land of Judea are by no means least among the rulers of Judea. For out of you will come a ruler. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a character. They had heard the king. They went on their way, and the, on coming to the house, they... Sorry. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his and warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. They returned to their country and escaped to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you for I, where he stayed until the death of Herod. Outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all. Then what, then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah because they are no more. And so this um, Eve service, we read this exact same passage. And we talk about usually how these magi were, um, they were non-Jews, heard is going to be coming. And so we see all those things, but I want to focus in section that we just read. But I want to focus in on the first one, okay? And there are three kings that we want to talk about today. All right, so there's three kings. First one, you have this. And they ask him, where's the child? And what does Herod do? He doesn't know either. And there's a reason why you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no... That sounds pretty good, right? Okay, okay. so this is Micah 5.2. I'm going to read it for you because I can't remember what I did this week. I'm sorry. Um, there's other... Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah... Okay, do you hear the difference? The majority one is, but you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, 
tell Herod where Jesus is supposed to be, they interpret that for him. And so they say, but you, Bethlehem, in the land, without having to go into details. So there's a, I grew up in a town called Ione, California, weirdos. Um, <laughs> but, California, right? I'm specific, but, but if it's a big, it's a, if it's a, all right, into their modern day so that the people can understand. But then something else is injured. Who will be the shepherd of my people Israel? Now I want to go back to the last part of my times. Do you hear the shepherd in Micah? recognize that this is a messianic prophecy. And that that messianic line comes to clarify who this person is. Where they come. Actually, in uh, an ordination comes king over Israel. And God is the, the prophecy of the Messiah in Micah. And now this is really important because if the Messiah comes from David and Jesus, and they're very specific that it's the Shem say this, maybe not you know making them not like a puppet you know they don't have the so that they would share, should be looking for shepherd language. We ask the question: Is Jesus a shepherd? I'm going to give, this is actually Matthew making a commentary because they were harassed and helpless. Moving Matthew to K two. He says, he's talking about the one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep, the, the eve of his crucifixion. He says, on this very night. And so this shepherd language is really important. And so this shepherd language starts popping up of the lost sheep. Okay? This, the Gospels, because it's, what's really interesting about this is when they make this people to the Old Testament, so Jesus to the Old Testament, now let's step back for a second. What's going on with it? Because there's specific in chronicles that they could have used. Well, as we're walking, present him gifts, king of the Jews, because that's what they do. That's their purpose. Now. And so it's the bad guy. It's Herod things, right? He goes, he sends people to go at what's going on in David's life. There's another parallel. So they're parallel to each other. So if you take parallels between these two. So first off, we're kings, not by God's proclamation. Paul, in 1 Samuel 8, 1-22, you get this. And they pick Saul because he was the best. Well, at least he was the, the, the tallest. If you're just tall, you're automatically the best. Right? And did Saul to be the king. Now, he allowed him to be, and he worked with Saul. You know why Herod didn't know about being brought into Judaism? His father did, but it was more of what people would be. And so he didn't know. He didn't understand what this was. He had, there was a rebellion. He, his father was a, um, uh, a king in the area and king of Palestine and sent him back with an army. To, you have two unintended kings at both times when the shepherd kings are coming to power. The idea that they're both a little off. Okay, so Samuel, if you follow Samuel's story in those chapters, you start seeing some red flags, is what we would come to eat. And so he curses anyone that would eat before the battle. You can go out there and you're fully ready to go. You can have that energy. But here's this guy, he becomes a rift between them in it. But then in the next chapter, guess what Saul does? It's the people's fault. You get this moment where God says that he removed David's there. David has, 
And the evil spirit takes over and he tries to kill David. That's pretty big, right? Um, he, yeah, he had married this woman who was a Nabataean um, princess. And he, he did it for annoyed that his sons weren't going to be able to take over. And so what he did was uh, the grandfather and kills off. So he starts killing off her family so that none of them would be able to take the last one. We talked about Herod. He's the one that Jesus, right? He's trying to get after the Messiah, the king that would, that would come in and take his throne, right? David is, or Samuel, Saul does something similar for David. And so following David, and there, but Saul's still king. And so David gets helped out by these priests. And why? Because he was after David to stop this king from coming. The stop. So both these kings were trying to that are happening. So there's, there, I hope you see the layers that are happening with everything that, but I want to draw your attention to one last thing. And this is the third king, okay? This is the usurper king, or the holdout king, okay? Two, and it's Matthew 2 at the very beginning. This is when the Magi first come. In verse 3, this is a really important verse. When King Herod heard this, he became disturbed. And all Jerusalem with him. Just he was disturbed. But it says, and all Jerusalem with him, right? This is really important because what is the, the king realm coming, right? And what does that mean is going to be no more? So what does that mean for Herod? He just lost his king, his kingship, right? His, his land for people. There's the, the pilgrim, you know, in centuries People were coming to Jerusalem, and people, the people in Jerusalem were where this king is. This is not not just another king, right? When you, see, when you go throughout history, but this king is God. That means there's no more. And all, so all this is happening, and you just sit down, and you hear a knock on the door. Years ago, we, we, Mike and I were living on a, um, a house here on the church property doing. And I had just worked a 10-hour day. I was knocking on my door. <laughs> and it was, we're comfortable and we want to be left alone. Any outs back on, and here is Jesus coming in, basically, and how kingdoms are run, right? Kingdoms are run and we're, and, but now Jesus coming in, he's bringing in a kingdom that means that there's no way to stop it. You can't end it. You can't get just to have these images of who this God is. How much the world and all who live in it. That's, this is what the Lord says. Israel's King and Redeemer. The Lord Almighty. I am the first. And 13 through 14. God says this. Break down their all. This God. This isn't a king that says you can have your kingdom one to you. And I want you to hear and see the imagery. Sweet and nice, and he's petting the lamb, right? That is not the Jesus of the Bible. This comes from Revelation 19. He is dresses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword. With his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings. When he comes the first time, he's a shepherd king. He's the King of Kings. And this is where it comes to us. We have our own little kingdoms sometimes. 
the question we need to be asking is, have I given up that kingdom to God so that I can still be a king within the kingdom, disturbed enough to realize that I can't? One of the great things about that is what the Messiah or who the Messiah was. He was a king that would not stand for any other king. But a lot of everything that we own, everything that we have, everything that we, what do we do? We have to give it to him. Our thoughts, our actions, our time, it's all within the realm of kingdom. Disturbed in a way that's not like, oh, this is bad, but in a way that Jesus, I can't hold on to my kingdom with Jesus. That it's him. Okay, so this is Philippians 2, 10 through 11. When Paul writes these words, he's, every kingdom will be given up in the Father. Now, I love that. It says that it acknowledges Jesus because not every tongue, because there will be that point where my kingdom, I have no kingdom. It's only God's kingdom. And this is really when we start going through the whole of um, streams that goes through just like the parallels between Moses and Jesus, just like the prophecies are, there's only one kingdom, and that's Christ's kingdom. That's the kingdom of God. Every other kingdom has, is brought into it, and we, we get to do authority this way, and that's what it is. So my challenge for you this week is to go through, it could be relationships, it could be thoughts that you have, and just make a big list. Okay, this, I'm good, right? But whatever that is, make a list. Or am I still trying to make that my kingdom over my finances? Am I still trying to be a king over my neighbors? Am I still trying to be a king over them? And st- because this is big stuff. Because Herod did Because there's nothing in the scriptures that was, but I don't know. But what we see is he never questioned is, is are we doing the same thing? Even as believers... Are we, but I hope you saw from the scriptures that God doesn't do that. I, see, the one that made us, created us, gave us life, wants us because we are His. Because the freeing nature of realizing I'm not a king, kingdoms are built when we build them, right? I built my career, I built my finances, I built, and yet you gained everything and it it's all about this it's about realizing the gross is good and this is free and all I have, and so that's an encouraging thought that this isn't like oh man everybody's making us do homework when we do and i'm not telling you to go and to sell all your possessions just go through and say jesus have i given this up to you That's, that's a what. We use that passage because I don't want you guys to feel like Jeremiah's saying, you have to give in my kingship so I can give that up to you, the true king. All right? Sound good? I thank you for our mothers, these ladies, children of all different that um, you use these women to to bring about the herb, these these people on your coming. Jesus, I pray that you disturb those of us. So, Lord, I ask.
you move through your people by the power of your Holy Spirit this week. This is happening because our own strength will just keep pulling us back, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. So Lord, I ask this because your people, that those things that we hold on to will be a blessing. So that Proverbs passage that Candace just, uh, that would be the name and claim and stuff for the prosperity gospel stuff, but just especially the gospel, especially of our relationship with you, that we would not be hoarders, 